Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision. Today, we're joined by Chris Hutchins, head of financial automation at Wealthfront. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks for having me. Right. So let's go ahead and start. But before we dive right in, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about what you have done before Wealthfront. So you had a really interesting background, co-founding Milk, which was later acquired by Google, had a stint in venture capital, founded Grove, which was then acquired by Wealthfront. Talk to us a little bit about what you have learned along the way and any lessons you can share with other founders. Yeah, so I don't even know where to start. There's a lot of lessons uh, over the years. I, I certainly didn't have the kind of traditional path. I think I thought I was and, and went into investment banking and management consulting. And then a year in, uh, you know, that, that was just not the right fit. And so I uh, moved out to Silicon Valley and, you know, primarily because I got laid off from the consulting firm. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think that one of the things that felt a little atypical for me um, was just like that willingness to pivot in your career. I feel like we talk so much as, you know, in the entrepreneurial community about like, oh, pivot your company if something changes, but not pivot your career. And I feel like, you know, that's something that was really important. I realized, oh, I really want to work in this industry. I don't need to just, you know, stay in, in management consulting forever. I can, I can just say this is, you know, fortunately I got laid off, so I didn't have a choice, but, um, you know, I, I've kind of been willing to do that. And so, you know, when Milk joined the Google team, uh, I worked on Google Plus as a product manager and there was an opportunity and, and I'd actually always wanted like some classical product training, right? I'd built products at startups, but I'd never kind of done that. And I got to Google, I was like, oh, I get to be classically trained as a PM. This is interesting. And then about three months in, there was an opportunity to go be a VC. And I was like, well, that's, th these opportunities don't come that often. So I, I was just willing to do that. Um, so I think that was a big lesson. I think I'm, I'm a person who regularly says yes to lots of things to see what happens. Um, I think that was a really important lesson for me. I think I kind of believe in the concept of micro and macro career paths. So you've got your like career path within the company, but you also have your career path within yourself. And so, you know, you kind of have to be thinking about both of them at, at all times. And, and that's not saying you're always looking at the next job, but you're just kind of always thinking about the foundational skills you want to, to kind of execute wrong your entire life. Um, and, and so, you know, all of those lessons kind of come to my most recent move, which was I started a company and we raised money and we still had half of uh, about $10 million in the bank. So we had about four or $5 million. And, you know, the traditional kind of micro path of I started a company, you know, must turn it into multi-billion dollars and, and kind of shoot for the moon. We kind of got to a point at Grove, which was a financial planning startup, that we realized, well, I'm not sure that human financial advisors should be, you know, as much automated as replaced. And so we thought, okay, what, what do we do at this point? And, you know, I was kind of really open to the pivot. And I would say like the hardest version of a pivot, which was, we probably don't need to be doing what we're doing. We probably need to find a, a product that, you know, can bring people in the door so that we can use software to automate and optimize their financial lives. And so we could go try to build something. But I sat down with Andy from Wealthfront and I was like, wow, you guys have a product that brings people in the door and you have a vision of automating and optimizing people's lives. Why would I not just go work on that? If, if my true goal is to, you know, kind of help more people with their financial lives, leave people better off, like I can actually achieve that goal better not running my own startup. 
um, which I think most people wait until they have no money and, and they're forced to make that decision. So I definitely got a little bit of flack from friends. They're like, well, you still have money. You can still keep going. But to me, it was like, what is the most optimal way to achieve what I want? And, and that was it. So I'm, you know, now I'm at Wealthfront and, and working on that and really excited to be doing that. But then, you know, the business model from the time it was founded back in 11, you know, post financial crisis was robo advisory. And, you know, the company has recently passed $24 billion in assets under management. Let's let's talk about, you know, what Wealthfront is today and what your perception of it, you know, from the outside was and what you've discovered inside. Yeah. So I'm going to step back for a second, just say Wealthfront, I think, is the only company that integrates banking and investing to automate your savings. And that automation is really fundamental to what we do, because I think it takes the stress out of managing your money and frees up people's time and energy to focus on whatever it is they care about, their family, their career, something else. Almost always, it's not their finances. Um, so when you look at all the products we've built, so like you mentioned, we built the high interest checking and low cost investment management. We tie them all together with invest, uh, automation for the purposes of kind of monitoring and automatically putting your money to work. So I think right now, a big focus on what we're doing is bringing more and more automation to people's lives. And it's all part of our ultimate vision to automate all of your finances. And, and that's something we call self-driving money. And so the core, you know, while the company started as just being about your investment portfolio, we've evolved to say, look, investments is a really important part of how you save for the future. Um, for saving for short-term things, you might want to do that in cash. And to really make everything optimized well, you need to kind of have a checking relationship where you can move money around. So there's kind of three big components, that investment account component. Um, and, and we built all of those accounts, you know, your college savings account, your retirement account, your personal account, your joint account. Uh, and we did that with our own brokerage infrastructure, which I think is something that I think Robin Hood and us are maybe the only two companies that have done. And, and it was a lot of work, but uh, really enables us to build more efficiently and, and better products. And then we built out, you know, the infrastructure to link to all of your bank accounts and understand your goals and, and really focus after that on money movement. How do we move money between all these accounts really efficiently? How do we let you get paid two days early so that you have the ability to move money faster? And, and most recently, um, you know, we launched Same Day Investing so you can move money from your cash account to your investment account and get gets put in the market that right that day. So doing all of that um, you know, lets you get paid two days early, lets you invest same day, you get an extra you know, 100 days in the market uh, over the course of a year. So I think while we started in investing and we most recently added uh, uh, you know, checking features to our cash account, you know, we've ended in this place where you can really start to automate everything you have. And I think that's, that's the future. And all of the accounts are fundamental to that. And, and we continue to make improvements to make them better and better. But an account is only as, as good as how often you use it and how often you contribute and, and whatnot. And if, if you can't make that easy, then I think a lot of people don't you know, invest or save as much as they could. It, it, it's perfect because it leads us to something else we wanted to ask you about on the point of making it easy, right? So let's yeah. talk a little bit about self-driving money service. How does that work for your customer? How is that making them help, you know, managing money easier and making things easier for them? Yeah, so, so you can kind of think of it like a financial assistant. So you have all the control 
Um, we think that's really important that people can have control over where their money goes and, and how it moves and everything. But you don't have to do the work. So you get the peace of mind that everything's happening in the background without having to do all that work. And so, you know, if you break it down to actually how it specifically works, you can pick an account, whether that's your Wealthfront cash account or your external checking account and say, this is the account I want to monitor for excess cash. Um, this is where I get my paycheck. And, you know, I need to leave this much for spending. But anytime you find anything over that, let's put that to work. And so anytime, you know, and we, and we don't want to just be transferring a dollar here and there. So anytime there's, there's at least $100, um, you know, over, over how much I need to leave for spending, let's move that automatically into the account of my choosing. So today, that's into your savings account, into your investing account, into your retirement account. Um, you, you can kind of pick amongst all these accounts. And where that'll go you know, later this year is multiple different places. So you could say, make sure that we put as much money as we need into my emergency fund until I have $15,000 there. And once I have my emergency fund topped up, then let's make sure that we're putting $500 a month in my IRA so that I can hit the $6,000 maximum by the end of the year, and then invest everything else in my you know, taxable brokerage account after that. And you know you can personalize that to whatever savings habits you have and you want and is important to you, um, but not have to worry about it and have it just kind of operate on its own in the background. Um, you know, we'll obviously send you a notification and say, "Hey, we're about to move this money. If you want to stop, you know, you get 24 hours to change things." But I think it's really important that you know, people have that control, but don't have to do the work. So it seems like, you know, your clients are able to use, you know, Wealthfront to do sort of that heavy lifting, you know, the the moving money around. And um, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, a couple of things here. Uh, how many of, you know, your customers are starting to leverage this and how many of them are sort of taking their traditional banking relationship, their checking, their savings, et cetera, into Wealthfront itself? And what do these customers look like? One of the early, you know, sort of viewpoints from outside the industry into robo advisors was that oh these are just low balance accounts and you know these people aren't going to take over their entire you know uh, investments over to us and they're not going to ever take their day-to-day -day banking over to us i mean so what has been the the reception so far yeah so you know our, our core customer is a young professional who saves and they really love us right they choose us as their primary banking relationship over a traditional bank because they get no account fees, they get low cost investment management, they get free advice through the planning features we've built into our app. And they love that they never have to walk into a branch, right? We've actually had customers say, we, we want to pay you to not have to talk to you. Like they don't want to in engage in, you know, two hour phone holds to be able to ask a question. They want those questions to be able to answer answered on their phone anytime, day or night. Um, and it's not a small audience, right? You know, we talk a lot about how broke millennials are, um, but there's about 20 million people who are kind of in the saver group of that audience, um, and you know, will accumulate significant wealth over their life. And and we're helping that group. You know, there's a stage in life where you're trying to figure out how to just you know get your paycheck and pay your bills, and then you start to save money, and you're like wow, life can get complicated. Where do I save it? Where do I put it? What do I do? And, and that's kind of when we come in and, you know, it's expected that the millennial audience will grow to 11, you know, trillion dollars in assets uh, over the next decade, which is quite a lot. Um, and and they're not loyal to their, you know, traditional banks, right? They usually opened up an account that their parents helped them with, but it turns out they're twice as likely to switch banks than their parents' generation or other older generations. So, they want things that are automated. 
Um, and it's really excited to them that, that or it's really exciting to them that, that things can be automated and, and fully digital. I just, I remember, you know, Andy being interviewed years ago um, after sort of a, a lot of these um, new models were sort of building and, and he was talking about how, you know, people were bringing over, you know, multi-million dollar portfolios because they like the tools better. And so I think, you know, the opportunity to serve more than just millennials is there. And I think what you're doing is something that kind of goes beyond, you know, a traditional brokerage service or a traditional bank in terms of automating money. So that to me is, is kind of the most exciting thing. Um, is there anything, you know, whether it's around bill pay or around, um, you know, sort of the the optimization of this money movement that customers, um, you know, think they might not be able to do with you, but but you can do? Like, is there any part of the the money paradigm that you guys aren't going to get into? That we're not going to get into? Um, well, I mean, I think what's interesting is I, I said earlier that I think we're probably the only banking. Well, not probably. Like, I think we are the only banking and investing platform that automates your savings. Like that's our core competency. And the great thing about being the only in something is that it really differentiates you. When your customers discover that, um, you know, they're very loyal and very excited and they talk about it a lot. The hard thing is because you're doing something that that other people haven't done before, people don't necessarily know that that it's even a thing. So we regularly have clients that say, I, I wasn't looking for a financial institution that could automatically save for me because I didn't know that was possible. So I think for us, um, it's really easy for clients to understand why an investment account with fees that are you know lower than most other investment advisors is you know potentially really compelling to their financial situation. Right? It's really easy for them to understand. Oh, you have a high interest cash account. It has all the same checking features that my bank has, uh, and it pays higher interest, and it's connected to your investment account. That makes sense to them. And I think on the automation side, sometimes it's something they have to feel in order to understand. And I think once people do, it's pretty magical, right? The, the retention of automation is amazing because people are like, oh, I don't have to do this? Like, this is amazing. But, but it might not at first glance be something that they totally grok. Um, similar to self-driving cars, right? If you think of Tesla's autopilot, you know, it took a long time of adding cruise control and lane departure warnings uh, for people to get more and more comfortable with their car doing more of them, more things for them. And I think fortunately, uh, you know, millennials, Gen Z, like we're much more comfortable uh, doing these things uh, than maybe previous generations were, but we still want to be able to feel them before we're kind of all in. And so we make it really easy for you to just get started and, you know, try to test out automation and, and give you the control you need to set it up but also kind of a little warning like, hey, we're going to transfer this. You know, you have some time. And um, pretty quickly, we had people say, no, can you not warn me? I want it to go right away. <laughs> I don't even want warning. Just put it on full automation. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I kind of think about this as, as you know, the type of tools that, you know, small businesses have had with sweep accounts and these type of things for a long time. And and just the the way that you can sort of move money around, uh, I think is going to be very, very uh, important for people especially if you can help them sort of, you know, understand their credit use a little bit differently or understand the way they pay bills and just, you know, have money on demand, right, as it gets to the point where they need it. Um, so that's really interesting in itself. Yeah, I think one one thing we, we launched a product uh, called Portfolio Line of Credit, which is we found a lot of people saying, oh, I don't know if I'm going to need money at some point, 
uh, but I want to invest. And you know, this came out of the insight you just described, which was people don't know what's happening. They they want to have access to money, but they also don't want to miss out. So you know, you can invest money in the market, and we'll let you access that investment dollars, and you could borrow against it. So you're not borrowing against nothing, right? You're saying I have this portfolio. Maybe it's five thousand dollars. Can I take out some some cash to to you know pay off a tax bill or something that something like that? Um, and so that's something we launched reasonably recently that uh, people get a lot of value out of. So one of the things I think is interesting is is that you help people move excess cash around, right? You're seeing people, you know, move money into investments and the savings and you're helping them sort of optimize that. The, the on-time, real-time sort of, you know, just-in-time sort of movement of these funds are going to be important though in other places, right? So to pay bills, they need to understand, you know, what cash needs to be where. And, you know, how do you help them automate and, and sort of optimize their use of credit and sort of access to their funds when they need it? Yeah. So, you know, an interesting trade-off people have is I, I don't know what my upcoming expenses might be, or, you know, now's a great example. We're going to about to pay taxes and you don't know what your tax bill might be. And so a trade-off is, do I want to save money in case something happens that might happen? Uh, or do I want to invest money and, you know, increase the long-term, you know, returns that I get and, and my ability to build wealth? And so, you know, while I do think everyone should keep some amount of money in, in emergency savings, at least until they have a really significant pool of assets, um, we launched a product called Portfolio Line of Credit that kind of attempts to help people balance this decision, which is, you know, if you have invest, if you fund your investment account, but you need access to money, um, you can you kind of borrow against your own investments, and we limit that borrowing to about thirty percent of your portfolio. So, you know, some brokerage firms might give you seventy, eighty percent, and the market drops a little bit. Now, all of a sudden, you have to make payments. Um, we try to do it in a way that you know really reduces the likelihood that you're going to owe, uh, you know, get a margin call right away. Uh, and so we let you borrow money against your portfolio, and then you can pay that back with cash flow that you have in the future at a, at a reasonably low interest rate. Uh, so right now, um, if you have a tax bill and you think, well, do I want to sell my investments to pay it, or do I want to borrow against my portfolio and pay it off over a couple months? Um, and and you're the lend, you know, you're le lending from yourself, so um, you're able to borrow up to your value of your investment, or, you know, thirty percent of your investment portfolio. And it's something that, especially around tax time, you know, gives people the comfort that they'll have access to money without having to make the decision to keep it all in cash all the time. Which, in an environment right now where interest rates are lower for cash savings than they've been in the past, uh, is something we've we've had customers really excited about. I like that. And I think that's the promise of technology, right? It's to be able to take some of the guessing games out and to automate that to make it easier and give you options. Life is about trade-offs. Um, so let's switch gear a little bit. And looking at, given the past year with everything that's been going on, I don't even know how to describe it anymore. Um, how are you thinking about your business? And what do the next few years look like for Wealthfront? Yeah, I mean, right now, as you think about our current business, um, we've you know we've built these great accounts, and and like I said before, the real focus is on building out a lot of automation, a lot more uh, ability for you to kind of mirror what you want to do in your personal life with what you can do with software and automation, 
And we recently updated our mission to say, you know, our mission is to build a financial system that favors people, not institutions. Uh, and I think that's really important to who we are. Um, and to do that, you know, we build delightful software products and we're going to continue doing that. And we're going to continue using software to lower the cost of the products that, you know, traditional financial firms, unfortunately, charge way too much for so that people can take more and more of their financial lives, um, optimize more and more of their lives, put themselves in a better position for the future and do it without having to spend as much time thinking about it as you've had to do in the past. And so I think, you know, my personal role at the company is really focused on that automation piece. And it's something that, you know, I hope will give back, you know, millions and millions of hours to to people in their lives so that they can kind of spend time hanging out with their kids, their family, their pets, just, you know, take a nap, you know, maybe maybe by the time the pandemic's over, go outside and, you know, see friends and, and, and all the things we've been missing over the last year. Well, we, we absolutely want to see our friends and we want to get out and we want to uh, live life uh, as we should. You know, when when I think about sort of the things that you're working on and building, I think about, you know, the industry's sort of long time focus on the needs of businesses to be able to move money around just in time and the needs of, you know, people that are more well off that, you know, have the ability and the means to be able to do these things. And what it seems like you're kind of doing is sort of democratizing these tools so that more and more people can actually have access to this sort of optimization and automation. Um, why don't we see more financial service firms, you know, do more of this? And do you think, you know, what's best for the consumer in the end? Um, is this going to, through the tools that you're creating and the way that you're changing the industry in terms of lowering these fees, can this lead to more equitable wealth creation in our society? I mean, I think that, that that's a... A, a lofty but ambitious and exciting goal that I think certainly everyone at Wealthfront is very excited about. Um, I think that if you have a world where the best investment products are only available to people with millions of dollars, uh, you know certainly it's going to be hard for anyone without a mil millions of dollars to access you know equal products. I think that there's kind of two big ambitious kind of things that need to happen. So one is we think now people have the tools, right? If you want to save money in the market in a diverse, low-cost way, there are options. And you know, I tend to think we've built the best ones. Um, if now, now there's really a question of education and and information, and how do you help people understand that? How do you help people start to change their mindset to start thinking more about savings? I think one of the most important things that you know, I you I do from a mindset standpoint is I think of every dollar I earn as a dollar that I'm saving, and you know, so every dollar I earn could be saved. So the decision to spend it is a decision as a trade off to saving it. And I know there's lots of people that think every dollar I earn is a dollar I can spend, and whatever's left over I can save. Um, so we need to start helping people understand savings and why it's important. And, and these are awareness and educational things that are you know, fundamental to education in, in, in the country. Like, how do we teach people? We don't teach finance in school. It's not important. We don't talk about it with our friends. Um, and so just access to products can't do it alone. Um, and I think we've spent a lot of time on social media, on different content sites, on our blog, trying to help with the educational piece. But I think it's something that as a society, we're going to have to reinforce through lots and lots of different channels. Um, but the good news is I do think from a product standpoint, right, we can offer you an account 
that has all the traditional features of a checking account that has no account fees, an investment account with really low, you know, minimum investment size and, you know, low fees. And like, that's something that anyone can have access to, but you have to, you know, know why it's important to save in order to value those things. Um, And so now we have kind of a a global or national game of uh, information and empowerment and, you know, understanding and awareness that, you know, we're working on and, you know, hopefully the new administration's working on, like everyone's working on this. And, but yeah, I think, I think it's possible that, that we can make a lot of progress over the next decade. I I love that. And since this is a podcast, our audience cannot see the excitement from Chris's face, but I can feel it. And I hope you can feel it through his voice. Um, And I think 2021 and beyond is going to be really exciting. So thank you so much for joining us today on the show, Chris. And thank you all for listening in to another episode of One Vision. We'll talk to you next week.